and Asen. What is going on? You know, everything. Hey, gents. Bob. Aloha. Mr. David Barber. Hey. Legend. That's me. That's me. How goes uh, Broadway? It's coming back. We've got about six or seven shows open, and there'll be two or three more each week until the end of the year, and then we should be back on full force. Anything new yet, or just stuff reopening? Um, we had one new show open, a play called Passover, and um, we will have six, the musical about Henry VIII's wives, which is going to be huge, is opening on October 4th, and then a couple more plays are opening the week after that. So, yeah, new things. And so it's just like, Typical vaccinated masks. They have it down to a science. They have security guards outside the theater. They check your vaccination passport. And then once you're inside, you um, have to wear your mask. Yeah. So that's, I have a question on that because I had a friend who went to New York who couldn't sign up for the vaccination passport there because you had to be in state to do so. so if you have your card, though. Out of state. Any kind of proof of vaccination, if you have a card or anything like that. Got it. So they're okay with the physical card. It doesn't have to be the vaccination. Right. Or the, the vaccination uh, passport. passport is just for ease, really, more than anything. Because right. it's right on my phone. That way I don't have to worry about the card losing it or anything. What a concept. Right. You know, I hate when the government gets involved in anything, but I sure wish they would figure out <laughs> one one app that everybody uses, that everybody has on their phone, you know. It, it just seems to be way too simple and we're overcomplicating it. <clears throat> we are. It's true. Yeah. And you can tell but it's really easy now when the, because they've got it all worked out. You just show up, you wave your thing. You, should have, you have to have a photo, photo idea with you too so it matches up with the vaccine passport, but that's not that hard. Yeah. That's so, cool. You know, I've been talking with someone. I was in... Uh, I was in Canada for a couple of weeks and I spoke with someone and I think I brought this up on a call last week or the week before or something, but um, he has just gotten Canadian approval on a spit test that's uh, yes. between two and 10 minutes. And um, it's very inexpensive, less than $20, uh, really easy to do and highly uh, reliable. And uh, obviously non-invasive because you just spit in a little tube. And so I've actually talked to a few people here about it. And there's all this pushback about, you know, oh, what if you spit on your fingers? And what if this? And what if that? And it just seems like such a good answer. You know, if, if, if I could spit in a little tube in two minutes, get a, a negative result back. Right. It just seems to make so much sense for shows and whatever, right? Yes. Yeah. Cosmo, I actually sent you some information about this spit test thing and you never responded because you're a very busy rock star type of LD guy. <laughs> so I understand. But 
Um, well, plus I wanted to think about it and just ask around. Yeah, I mean, I've asked a few people. I spoke with Marty Hom last night because, uh, you know, he was a big advocate of better testing and different processes. And and he's very interested and asked me a bunch of really good questions. But, you know, the thing that I think would happen, and, and Strickland talked to me about this as well, is that um, anytime a little startup or someone with a good idea tries to start that idea going, the big guys just crush you. And so, you know, there's a lot of smart little entrepreneurial startups and better ideas than what the big guys are doing, but the big guys will just crush you and, and run over you and you'll never get any momentum. Right. Unless he sells it, unless he sells it to the big guys. Well, that's, that's part of it. But the other thing is selling it directly to productions or like he just, he just sold it to a, a big movie shoot uh, in Calgary where, you know, instead of it costing them, like he sent me a bunch of different prices, you know, it's $150 if you send in the sample or $250 if they come and do it, or if they come to the actor's house, for example, it's like 300 or whatever. And this is sub $20 and, and it's relatively instant. So anyway, it's gross. It is kind of, it's kind of the biggest complaint. Ooh, gross. Well, that was definitely a complaint is, you know, ooh, people spit on their hands and stuff. But I think I'd rather do that than... Uh, shove some up your nose? Then shove something up my nose. For example. <laughs> what? For example, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. think about I mean, nose. Well, I had to do it. I did this uh, DNA test thing recently, not for babies, but for uh, Ancestry.com. <laughs> And um, I stopped doing baby DNA tests a long time ago. But, uh, but for Ancestry.com, I had to do it. And it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it's, yeah, you spit in a little tube, but it's got this big spout thing at the top of it. So you just kind of go, Puh. you know, it's not like you'd be stupid to miss it, I would think. But at least they didn't come up with a urine test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would suck. That would suck. That would suck. <laughs> or a fecal <laughs> test. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Am I? Well, well I mean, you can you can tell you can tell COVID from those samples. They say that this they check the sewers. You know the the um, the uh, what do they call it the, um, the the waste station the waste facilities in every city. And they can tell the the amount of people who have COVID in that city. Really? Yeah. No, it's true. That's a shitty job. I, yeah, really. I was going to say. Up. That. <laughs> That was bad. I know. Oh boy. I know. That was pretty pathetic. Yeah, but you couldn't you couldn't resist. It was like an open door. Yeah. Pretty pathetic. (laughs) So man, if these things are gonna stay this small, I'm gonna go back to the venue live thing because that was more fun. (laughs) Nothing against any of you. I love you all, but where did everybody go we lost our audience you had a good crowd well i think everybody's back to work Mm. Um, speak for yourself yeah everyone except hawaii we came to we came to the end of our 28 days and yesterday they extended it for 28 no no really that is dog shit i'm sorry to hear that bob yeah Indoor uh, events limited to 25, or I'm sorry, to 10 outdoor events to 25. 
And regardless whether you're doing all the vaccines, COVID, or just throwing a rock party, they're all this considered the same thing. And uh, oh my gosh, what about do you remember, do you remember what about two flatten the curve? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. What was that? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. 28 days. It's four more weeks. <laughs> so Albert, he, was bad. Initially, he was, yeah, oh, he was yeah, making a, a That pun. was the quote that they started with. Mm. They don't want to hear my quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really challenging and frustrating. Sorry to hear that. Uh, unbelievable. Hmm. On, a, on a lighter note, Cosmo, you like the uh, a, uh, customs declaration for the Apollo to the moon that I sent? Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Facebook. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I came across the actual, you know, I'm sure it was done in jest, but it, nonetheless, they had to declare as they came back into the United States after being in space. That's pretty funny. Their moon rocks, <laughs> although I, I really suspect they had a couple moon rocks they didn't profess up to. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they gotta they gotta collect their uh, customs, you know, on reentry. They probably slipped the alien through undetected. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny, actually. When you yeah, he's now our president. Oh, <laughs> just kidding, kidding. No politics, no politics, Marcel. You're. Winning. I know, but see how I said our. Yes, yes, you were. A bunch of people wouldn't have said our a couple of years ago or last year. You would have said your president, not our. Marcel, not my president. Very respectful. <laughs> That's not picked, <laughs> over wound. That that's very respectful. I was being respectful. I said our. So and uh, and and the Raiders played another amazing game. And the Dolphins shit the bed, oh thirty-five nothing. And so did the Giants, both of them. Oh, I sat through play. that. I sat through that Dolphins game. I decided to go to the damn game. Did you stay till the fourth quarter? Or did you leave? At the Hell time? no. I was originally sad I couldn't go, but then I was happy I couldn't go. Yeah. I mean, amazing seats, club seats, beautiful. Everything was great except the game. Oh, yeah. And now they, and now they go without their starting quarterback, they go to play the Raiders in Las Vegas, which is going to be an easy game. Yep. So this is just going to get worse. Hey, it's, well, next year we get good draft picks. So. I've been saying that for about 25 years, Cosmo. <laughs> I mean, I've had it hasn't been that long since we've been at the bottom of the heap, dear. <laughs> we had good draft picks a few yeah. years. <laughs> I had season tickets for about probably, I don't know, five years. I don't know if you can Marino. see that, but let me see if I can get in there. When I die, I want six Miami Dolphin players to be my pallbearers just so they can. Let me down one last time. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, my gosh, that's yeah. I mean, it's brutal. You know, I, I was thinking the other day of the quarterbacks, you know, like some of these like Jay Fiedler and, uh, you know, some of these guys over the years, it's like, what the hell? How many quarterbacks have we had since Dan Marino? Yeah. How many quarterbacks were really shitty with the Dolphins and then went on to other teams to do really well, like Ryan yeah. Tannehill? Well, that's about the only one, I think. Yeah, exactly. No, there no, really aren't no. any other ones. Pat, the, the one with the beard. Um, Pat, Fitzpatrick? Uh, no, but he came here after doing good yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, but then he's... Fitzpatrick was on like 20 teams before he came yeah. to the Dolphins. He's played in every team in the league. Well, well, the Dolphin quarterback, the Dolphin quarterback situation started when they didn't take Drew Brees. And they yep. can't pretty pass much, on. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
and they took Culpepper instead. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, we're going to take Culpepper and we're all like, what? Yeah. No, it's, it's tough, man. It's hard being a Dolphin fan. That's and then we could have gotten Brady, you know? He hey, it's hard it. being a Giants fan. One of the stupidest moves within 10, within seconds of the end of the game after, who the hell were we playing? Um, after they missed a field goal, they got a redo because of a friggin' penalty. Talk about self-imposed stupidity. Well, who played the Raiders last week when the Raiders ended up winning in overtime? It was a similar situation. That yeah, I mean, that was just well. like, what just happened here? That was a good game with the Raiders last week, though. That oh, was, it was amazing. It was a crazy way. game. Yeah. It was Raiders and Steelers, wasn't it? Thank That's you. right. No, it wasn't Steelers. Are you oh, yeah. The week before, yep. which was the Ravens. Yeah, it was the Ravens. Ravens. The Ravens and the Raiders beat them. Ravens and Raiders on Monday night or Sunday night. I don't know. It was a great game for sure. It was a very good game. Yeah. So I was talking with Marty Hom last night out with the Stones and just like super nervous about whether or not it's going to make it to the last show. And I don't know if you've talked to anybody out there, Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, the Stones are here right now. They're rehearsing. I'm going to, I'm going to see it. Gonna see Opie, I think, Thursday night, and I'm gonna go to the show Sunday. Cool. Jesus Priest is in town. They're they uh, they have a day off Friday, and their show Saturday. Who's in Judas Priest anymore, though? It's still Rob Halford. Rob Halford and um and uh, what's his name? The bass player. Ian Ian is still there. Yeah. Um, the the drummer, he's been there for a while. The guy from Racer X. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And the two, two guitar players. Isn't it Travis, his name? Travis, yeah. Yeah. Scott Travis. Yes. Scott Tra- Travis. Why am Travis. I drawing a blank? Travis something or other. First or last name, I don't remember. He's one of those two first name guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But Marty was just uh, really nervous about, you know, whether or not they, I think Austin's the last show or something. And, he was just worried about whether or not they'd actually make it there. I mean, that's well, everybody right now that you talk to. They're all like on pins and needles. Like, is this thing going to stick? What's going well, on? Holland Oats is nearly done. Uh, Guns N' Roses has been doing fine. Yeah. Fish, I've, I've got dates still out. holding in November for Holland Oats. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, they're talking about bringing some lights. And I said, well, then you need to bring me. So <laughs> <laughs> To Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a rough gig. <laughs> be be happy to see you. I will be happy to see them. They're gonna, they're going to bring a small package of lights, augmented by yours, of course. There you go. We'll see. I'll let you know. I just found out. I heard that today. David Haskell's in there. In Fort, they're in Fort Lauderdale tonight. Uh, Marcel, who is all in notes? Oh, well, thanks for the warning. <laughs> let me just jump off this call and drive on down there. It's only friggin' an hour. There you go. I don't know anyone out there anyway, so. David Haskell's down there. Oh, is he really? He just flew in today, yeah. Shit. To check in on them. Oh, I would have gone down to see him. And then leave before the show starts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to go and watch from the stands. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Classic Houdini move. I won't see you after. I like Daryl's house. Do you ever watch that? 
Yeah, that's pretty good. Daryl's house. Have you seen Darryl that? Post? No. Yeah, I've, I've watched it. It's really it's, good. It's like a jam session yeah, from yeah. from a little like from a stage studio, whatever it is, supposedly in his house. It probably isn't, but um, but it'll be like uh, you know the guy from uh, Cheap Trick, Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, jamming with uh, with uh, Daryl and his band. And they'll play some Holland Oates songs and they'll play some Cheap Trick songs and they'll play some Led Zeppelin songs. Did Cosmo just leave? We were talking to him. Uh, yeah, I swear you were having <laughs> a rude, hey? Yeah, I swear I was talking to Cosmo and he left. Hey, Marcel, I got something here I'd like to talk to yeah. you about. Yeah, so, so anyway, Bob, uh, you know, what do you think about uh, that thing? <laughs> oh, Marcel, happy hour is so much more fun. <laughs> who was that who was that that one time that was trying to log in and we all left like got out of our screens and he logged in and he gets on the screen and there's like no one there 20 boxes on the screen and I no one that was Steve know. warren oh yes it was steve oh warren. yeah yeah oh, it was steve warren, warren and he was drunk which i, which I affectionately call warren peace <laughs> yeah it was steve and he was drunk <laughs> yeah that was classic that was a good one yeah. So I was co- I was talking to you, Cosmo, and you walked away. I'm sorry. I got, I'm working. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, so you can't carry on. I said, I got the beginning of it. Then I had to. No, no, I ain't saying it again. That's all right. I'll, just, well, I'll go back and look at the recording. So. All right, Marcel, you, you and I can tell Cosmo, you know, what we really think about him. Yeah. Yeah. So Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, Cosmo, we all got a good laugh at your expense on that one. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened before. Yeah. No doubt will happen again. No, I'll no start, doubt. I'll start drinking this time. How's that? So. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's not you and me. They'll make fun of. So, Cosmo, you knew, uh, you knew Andy from the Ice Palace? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not well, but yeah, I knew Andy. I, you know, yeah. I, we, we chatted a lot. You know, I, I saw him. You know, it shows down there and other like he came up to the Vanco party in Orlando. Yeah, it was. A, yeah. No, I saw you on one of the posts that his yeah. daughter did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. It's, it seems to go with uh, 2020, 2021. We need to come up with a name for this package of two years. Well, exactly. You know, or maybe just, an, image. Maybe just yeah. an image, you know, the all 2020, cool. 2021. Double barrel. End of tour 21. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Real shit show 2021. Yeah. I remember when everybody was waiting for 2020 to get over. I'm like, don't say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Don't. Uh, yeah. I don't hear anybody complaining about 2021, though, because they're like, nope, I'm not going to say it. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. You know, so. Well, and you also don't hear everyone saying, you know, that 2022 is going to be the biggest year ever. Which I mean, I, I, am, I am waiting for the Roaring Twenties, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're still in prohibition. <laughs> exactly, still in prohibition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chris, how's CT doing? We're actually filming a commercial right now in CTLA, yeah. and my whole month of October looks to be in our Vegas studio and SEMA all month. So wow. we've been we've been doing well. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, our warehouse 
this morning here in LA was completely, every bay was packed ready for trucks. Wow. I haven't seen you know, that in a long time. It, it's weird because it's really hit or miss. Like you'll talk to one company who says we've never been busier. And then you'll talk to Bob Harmon or like Ray Ziegler in, in New Orleans. Um, you know, there's, there's cities that just aren't doing real well. Like New Orleans ain't doing real well between COVID and hurricanes, you know, they're getting their ass kicked. So. Here in LA, we've, we've always been pretty busy. I mean, not as busy as we were when it first started or before it first started, but we've always, LA seems to be doing well. Yeah. Figure it out. You're in an office yeah. today. Where are you? I'm at CTLA. Oh, okay. So you actually have to go in now. I do. That blows. <laughs> Not really. It gets me out of the house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got the Bronco yet? No. I'm still no. pissed about it, too. Huh. Maybe the beginning of next year, maybe not. They don't tell. I was reading today that they're making like a, a whatchamacallit SUV. A Raptor. Yeah, a Raptor SUV. Raptor, a Raptor uh, Bronco. But I, I read like a Raptor, like a uh, Expedition or something. Uh, they're, they're, the first thing they just showed was, um, we showed it a few weeks ago. It was, it was uh, the Raptor Bronco that will be available next year, they say, but I doubt it. Right. Um, and then they were talking about like, a, it would be almost an excursion Raptor. It would be one above the, the um, Expedition. Back to a bigger one. Yeah, if they, it was a big Raptor one. They say all these cars are delayed by the lack of chips. I mean, can't they like? They can't build them. They can't build them. There's 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 a hundred thousand Maverick, over one hundred fifty thousand Maverick orders, and and they're close to a quarter million Bronco orders, and they haven't fulfilled ten percent of them yet. Oh my lord! Hey. Dealers oh. dealers in California. My two friends have six brand new cars on their lot. That's it. And that, that's the most they've had in months. Yeah, I was talking with uh, hog threes or anything, right? I, I was talking with uh, <laughs> uh, Craig Burroughs, and he said Roby has like, you know, they've got this new factory that they opened recently, and they've got thousands of fixtures sitting on the floor with, you know, missing a board. Yeah. Uh, he said it's just completely ridiculous. Like they've got back orders to March now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool for me because we've sold hundreds of Roby fixtures, like probably, <laughs> probably over a thousand Roby fixtures in the last couple months. I mean, just an insane number of Roby fixtures, uh, because they just can't ship anything and they're still pretty damn popular. So a, a good way to test it is, uh, I went to a, a friend of mine's body shop the other day. He had 23 cars lined up all 23 cars that were sitting there. They needed one part for each one of the cars, different parts, but they couldn't get one part and the insurance company won't send the check and they can't release it until it's complete. 20, you know, 21, 22, 23 cars sitting there for months now because you can't get the one part for each car. And it's, it's, it's building up pretty bad on that end too. That's dog shit. Mm-hmm. So Ron, Ron, what about ridiculously expensive cars? Same problem. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get those either? No, not unless you want to buy them pre-owned. Really? 
Yeah, you know, did I ever introduce you to that friend of mine who lives near you who buys Lamborghinis? No, you told me about him. Yeah. So this guy is is just a regular lawyer, Jewish lawyer, you know, successful but not retarded successful, Why you know. Be Jewish? Huh? Because he's a good lawyer. I'm I'm basically stating that he's a good okay, lawyer, second. you know. But but he's kind of a nerdy little Jewish guy, right? And he drives the latest Lamborghini every single time. Like he just keeps ordering these new Lamborghinis. And I went to a birthday party at his house recently, and I was like, dude, like, what's the deal? What's your budget? Because I mean, they're literally he'll drive one, his son will drive one, and they'll change them out every six or eight months. And I'm like what is your budget on new Lamborghinis annually? And he goes, we make money on them. And I'm like, what? And he goes, we make money on them. I order them in advance. I get a deal. I order them in advance, pay a big deposit. It comes in. I drive it for three or four months and sell it pre-owned at a, at a profit. And he said, he said, on average, I'm making 40 to 60 grand a car. I'm like, especially what? the specialty cars, the specialty cars that everybody wants, that there's a waiting list for. He's got it, drives it for a month or so. And literally, that's what they're going for. Well, I'll send you a picture of his latest one. It's a it's called a STO Lamborghini yeah. Huracan STO. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it's only a few of them made. Yeah. And yeah. he's got it right down the road from you. You've probably that's seen it. <laughs> you know, he's ripping around the streets on it. But uh but yeah, he'll keep it for a few months and then he'll sell it at a profit. Which blows well, those high-end cars are like that general, like even the Mercedes, the Jeep wagons. I mean, those yeah. are, they're, they're stopping sure. to make eight cylinders. Uh, Mercedes is doing that for all of 2022 20, now. So those cars are just skyrocketing. Going crazy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like everything else, I'm day late, dollar short. You know, I'll just keep driving my F-150. Which I can't even get the new one of that. I've got one on order and I can't get it. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You getting? Are you trying to get the new electric one? What's that, Marsha? The new electric. No, hell no. Have been released yet? No, I'm holding out on motors still. Engines. Me too. I don't think they have enough infrastructure to support what I need an electric car. That's for sure. What do you mean? Like a place to charge up your friggin' hookah pipe or something? Well, it, well, it's fine if I'm staying in Florida and I've got a charger in my garage, but I'm up here in the country in the middle of BF nowhere and the drive in between. I'm really not interested in spending. Well, I've got a great idea for you, Ron, who's just below you on this call. He can set you up with a diesel generator <laughs> and you what can buy diesel to charge up your Tesla. <laughs> What am I going to do? Tow it behind me as I drive between the Catskills in Florida? He might even deliver it for you. (laughs) Yeah. He'll deliver it for you free of charge. Well, that doesn't doesn't help me on the road in between. There's 1,500 miles in between the two houses. Well, just put a hitch on the back of it, and then you could tow it and plug it in. Right. On my cute little Audi? I don't think so. (laughs) Get the Audi Qtron. I mean, you're just poking holes in this plan, Marsha. Don't be so freaking difficult. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Good God, we've got a perfect plan for you, and you're just being an asshole. Dude, I'm with you. I like a combustible engine. I like an eight-cylinder vehicle if I can, my Mustang GT. You don't want a combustible engine. 
I'm oh, just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, Marsha, that's a bad thing. I've had one of those one time. It didn't go well. You're right. An internal combustion engine. But you know me. I like my, my oh, Mustang with five on the floor. I mean, that was a car to me. Yeah. Five what on the floor? Dead bodies? What are these five on the floor? <laughs> the shifts. I know. I know, Marsha. I'm just playing. Four years old. So He's used the three on the tree. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a beautiful red Mustang, and she's almost a classic. And I've had her since first miles. So my just because it's old doesn't make it a classic. Hey. Other, otherwise, we're all classic. We're all a bunch. We of aren't. It is. It is. It actually is a classic. Safely classic. <laughs> You're safely in the classic category. I think. Thank you. I take that as a no. No, I was talking Here's to Daisy. Julia. <laughs> Thank you. Not you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, birthday boy. We both turned the year in the last I couple know. of weeks. Yeah. 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 And Chris Luce isn't here, but it's his birthday today. I was hoping he'd show up so we could all <clears throat> sing to him. Guys, I got to get out of here. Bye, Cosmo. It's been just an incredible moment of paradise having you here i'll say you. hi to marty Hahn when i see him for you please do Aloha. been fun seeing you have a good one thanks guys yes. bye got fun so that leaves just us oh my god anybody got any funny cosmo jokes oh. <laughs> you always gotta abuse the one who leaves first <laughs> so um what else should we talk about? I talked to Wiseman today. Wiseman's got three shows in Vegas right now that are in uh, various stages of rehearsals. I think one's opening tonight. And I forget who they were, of course. One was, uh, what's his name? Keith Urban. One was, I can't remember. Do we know where this Keith like, is? What? Do we know where the Keith Urban show is? One was at, I think Keith Urban might have been at MGM, but I can't remember. Very cool. I know this is really interesting uh, conversation, but. I, Marcel, I wish I had taken your advice a week or two weeks ago when you said you were booking your flight to Vegas. I was looking for flights the other day. They're ridiculous. Are they? Oh, well, let God. me let me let you in on a secret. I haven't booked mine yet either, so I'm in line <laughs> well, with you. Hang on to your hat, because when you see the prices, well, you know what? There used to be there used to be a freaking Southwest direct from Fort Lauderdale, and I noticed it's not there. I went looking for it a couple days ago. Yeah, they don't have it anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the problem. There's just there no flights. There used to be like five directs on JetBlue from Fort Lauderdale, and now they're down to one. Oh, is like there? three connecting flights. It takes you eight hours to get to Why are you doing that? Do uh, what? There's two yeah. direct flights from JetBlue from Fort Lauderdale, five hours. Are there? Oh, maybe yeah. I was maybe there's one mistaken. Day. There's, there's one a day. Well, there's one in the, no, there's one morning one and one uh, evening one, because I'm taking hey, run, run. Shh, shh, shh. I think it depends on what else. day you're looking at. No, no, Marsha, it's Southwest. It's not JetBlue. Oh, oh. <laughs> never mind. Because JetBlue was... Pricing on a flight I used to get for less than $100 one way. Now I was looking at $350 and $400. One oh, yeah, way. those are long gone, those ones. It's like $2,000 now. 
They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah. So what was the turnout at Plaza? I mean, obviously it wasn't, you know, per usual crowd, but was it down like less than half or yeah. what's the feedback? Um, it was light. It was definitely light. Oh, you were there, David? No, but I talked oh. to people. Yeah, me too. Mm. Yeah, they said it was light, but really good. Like everybody I've talked to has said it was really, really good. Just great connecting with people again. And, you know, it was a networking show, not a gear show. Right. <laughs> I think people were just relieved that it happened at all. Yeah. I can imagine. I've actually, I've become a, a spokes model for <laughs> LDI lately somehow because I'm pissed off that manufacturers are pulling out of it. Like I understand it's, it's you know, a completely reasonable response to say, yeah, we're just going to hold out and not do it this year. But I think you got to find a way to support the industry and say, yes, we're going. Maybe we're going smaller. We're going to put couches instead of lights. We're going to buy people drinks instead of, you know, show tickets or whatever it is. But I just I really think our industry. Marcel, who is pulled out besides ETC? Robe. Oh, yeah. There's a couple more on the fence as well. Oh, no. They were every other year for the last few years. Who's that? Martin. No, Martin's been going. Martin's been going. Yeah, they've been there. I would guess that they're going to booth and then a room upstairs. I thought it was every other year. Yeah, no, me me and Marcel were in the booth. No, they've been there. They just haven't had the big booths that they used to because. Yeah, you know, Harmon's just not giving them the budget. I'm not giving anybody any budget. But to your point, Marcel, I think that. It is important to show support. And I think and I'm hoping that at least there's a core essential group that does show up for LDI that we're able to do it. And just like Plaza might have been smaller, but maybe more intense or more. Hard no, no. A, I'm pretty confident the show is going to go forward. Um, B, I've talked to a lot of other large manufacturers who are still going and are still spending real budgets. You know, like I talked with uh, Ben Salzman a couple of days ago, he said, as easy as it is to walk into a meeting with our investors and our finance team and say, yeah, we're going to pull the plug on LDI and save the half million dollars we're spending on the show. That, that'd be an easy conversation, but he said, I just don't agree with it. Like, I think we need to be there and I think we need to be there, you know, with a real showing and uh and do it properly so you know again i'm not beating up on any company etc or whoever for pulling out i understand it's a perfectly fiscally responsible idea to do that but i think it's bullshit like you know if you talk about a company the size of etc spending 250 grand on on a small booth at ldi which wouldn't be that small but a reasonable booth at ldi handing out sandwiches and drinks and and you know, shaking hands with people after not seeing them for a year and a half—that's a drop in the bucket, you know, for for companies right. that size. Yeah, so. but they could still be there and just be hanging out at the uh, the circle bar and doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah, but if there's no exhibitors, there's no show. You know, yeah. obviously, and it is in a sense Quest a gesture of or whatever the hell they're called this week. They need to make some money too. They just need to fly yeah. like a sixty-foot uh, circle truss and you know plate the top of it and call it the circle bar. Put it in the middle of the. I plate. think there's going to be about fifteen <laughs> circle bars there. If I were to guess, you know, everyone's going to have that idea. 
I know that there's an, an actual like formal circle bar being done by, I think it's Dearson and, and uh, I believe Act Lighting is sponsoring it. Um, and I'm not sure where it is. Dearson, I think, announced it on a call last week or two weeks ago or something. But yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like this is one of those kumbaya moments where we got to kind of pull together and say, hey, look, if we're going to have an industry, we have to have a show. If we're going to have a show, we got to show up, <laughs> you know. So right. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Postman was in the shop the other day doing some stuff for us. And Who he was? said Marty Postman from Rose uh, from Roby. Yeah. And he was saying one of the issues they're having is their CEO can't even fly in. There's like three or four yeah, people. Yeah, but that's changed. That's changed. Well, it, is, it is now. That, that got announced after he was at the shop. Yeah. They yeah. were looking at almost a $200,000 legal bill just to get four people in from the factory. He said. The reality is they don't want to spend the money to do the show. And we all know that. Yeah, I mean, the reality is it's it's an easy one to justify. It's easy to basically say, hey, look, you know, it's not the right thing to do right now or whatever. I just don't think it's the right call. And I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they do an out about face on it. I doubt they will, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did because so, I'd like to see Roby there. I'd like to see ETC there. But So we're, you're going to have a gear source booth, Marcel? So send me over I, the know, size. Send me over the size. Here. I'll draw it up. I don't know if Claudette's still No here. budget. No uh, budget. Yeah. <laughs> no, I see. If you're going to talk about money, I'm here. Wait, she, she's old. She'll fall asleep soon, and then I can tell you the truth. <laughs> Marcel, you were one of the first guys to do a hospitality-oriented booth, I remember, years ago. With Who's the that? And you had a oh, little yeah, yeah. meet and greet thing, and it was... Yeah, that, that was just because I couldn't afford lights. <laughs> different and it worked yeah call you had a hell of a good turnout that year yeah yeah no we did we did great uh i mean again i i think like if i was a big lighting manufacturer i don't know that i'd hire chris asen and do a massive light show right now i would have a whole bunch of leather couches and cool funky little lounge setting and and i'd hand out i'd have you know waiters or waitresses or whatever you want handing out sandwiches and beers or drinks or whatever and That'd be my LDI booth. And I'd say hello to a lot of people that I haven't seen in a couple of years, you know, or a year and a half. So, so you're I, you know, your live, you're going to do your live geezers of gear. Yeah. You may, may as well have people come in and look like we're having a great time, interview yeah. different people and uh, make yeah. people feel like they missed something. I think what we'll do is we'll just run that uh, that venue live stream thing I have and just run it for six hours a day and just keep going and going and going and, <laughs> you know, take pee breaks in between and, and uh, make sure there's a waitress serving us beers. There you go. Sounds like a plan. Something. Ron, are you going to LDI? No. I'm actually going the month before to uh, ARA, which they've got a, a lot of, uh, a lot of vendors going to be there. Yeah. What's it's ARA? It's in October. What no, is it? What is it? It's uh, the, uh, uh, like the big uh, rental association, so like everybody oh. has uh, equipment, yeah. all kinds of heavy equipment, oh, party okay. stuff. Yeah, for your for your generator, company, obviously. Generator. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So it's, it's a big event, and they're doing it in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. and SEMA SEMA's still on as well. Yeah, and we just got a whole bunch of stuff for CES as well. Yeah, CES is still on. 
CES is still on? Yeah. And it's big? It's not like dialed back or anything? I think I think they need to determine if uh, they can get their people they need to get there, like the, uh, the Japanese manufacturers and all that can come in, I think is what they're holding on. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we've, we've had booth spaces allocated. So yeah, it's Which funny. I talked, I talked with one manufacturer who is on the fence on pulling out of LDI. I talked to them last week and they said, yeah, you know, the reason we're not doing it is because, or the reason that we're considering not doing it is because we, it won't even be an international show. We won't be able to get to talk to any of our customers from Europe or anything. So it's, and I said, but LDI is in the United States. You know, it's an American show. Yeah, they've always had international visitors, but, you know, I wouldn't call it an international show necessarily. But I said, my opinion, by November, that's going to change. No, no, there's no way. So I called them back yesterday when I saw that press release that went out that said that, uh, you know, we're allowing European visitors in beginning November 1st. And, you know, it was just another excuse. So I don't know. Like, again, every company has to make fiscal decisions that suit their own needs. And Mm -hmm. that makes sense. But I'd like to see this show go forward and I'd like to see it be semi-successful so that, uh, you know, it's a sign of positive things in our industry. Because otherwise, you know, we're still governing by fear within our industry. I'm not talking about our government. I'm talking about within our industry. (laughs) We're not doing things because of fear. Well, Mm -hmm. you can't say that it's not completely unjustified, even though it at times may be unrealistic. People are afraid of the uncertainty of tomorrow because it's uncertain. I've been afraid of the uncertainty of tomorrow for 20 years. (laughs) i'm in the freaking lighting business (laughs) but it's been accentuated in the last year and just as we've seen the rules change constantly case in point what you just said about rope i mean if if joseph couldn't come because of restrictions two weeks ago 10 days ago they changed the rules so maybe he can come um so you know it's fucked up it's ever changing and nobody knows which which is which yeah so forget the fear and just go forward based on facts and, you know, the same stuff you always did. Like the plane could crash on the way to Las Vegas. Doesn't stop me from getting on an airplane, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, each his own. It's, this is a personal decision for every person and a, and a business decision for every business owner. They have to decide on their own, I guess. And, but I just hope for the sake of our industry that, you know, a lot of companies show up and and then a lot of people show up to welcome those companies and to buy their products and drink their beer and eat their sandwiches. Agreed. Agreed. But isn't rock and roll kind of a balls to the wall industry anyway? That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, like do it. Like, you're right. I agree with you 100%. Believe it or not. We've been less scared of way worse shit than this. <laughs> you know? I agree with you, I mean, Marcel. You know, I've, I've seen some people do some crazy things backstage at shows or on the stage at shows or whatever. And so, yeah. And I feel bad for you, Bob. <laughs> I really do. Like, this oh. is just... So... Are you, do you still have employees? Like, are you still paying your employees? Um, a lot of the employees are on unemployment and um, yeah. unemployment uh, with 26 weeks limited. Um, are, they're, they're about to run out of unemployment. Yeah. 
And that's going to be a really difficult. And it's not like there's another round of PPP coming or anything. Oh, they just keep shutting you down. Yeah, yeah. it's basically uh, pretty devastating. Right. Uh, Absolute dog shit. I'm really sorry to hear that. The I mean, the hopes are that they now remember that Hawaii, you probably don't remember, but Hawaii's count of um, vaccinations is based on every living thing, whereas the CDC starts at people over 12. So, you know, according to the CDC, we're up over 80 percent, you know, vaccinated. But according to their um, to the local rules, we stand today at about 65 percent fully vaccinated. Seventy five percent have taken the first shot. Now, if I want to be optimistic, they would go another month and then people would have that second shot. And then you'd be at 75 percent, probably translating to way above 85 with the CDC. And uh, you'd hope that they would reopen it. My guess is they'll probably say, you know, you've had 25 people outdoors. We'll double that, make it 50 now. You know, I'm hoping that's not the case, but it could happen. I mean, I've got gigs in November and I, uh, geez, buddy, what are you going to say? It's unbelievable. That's terrible. I mean, I I just came out of a show that got canceled, but it was weather related that we were doing in Atlanta. Imagine that 30,000 campers all just side by side, sitting outside, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, well, I saw a meme. uh, I saw a meme a couple days ago that showed um, the U.S. Open with loads and loads of people there, no masks, uh, an NFL football game, loads and loads of people, no masks. And then, you know, you couldn't go in a small restaurant. Or whatever. I think, the US, I think the U.S. Open had some kind of precursor for people getting into the event, right? So that they felt that if you were in a stadium and everybody needed to be either vaccinated or positive or negative tested prior to that, once you were there, taking your mask off was okay. At least that was my understanding. I wasn't at the U.S. Open, but I thought that's what the deal was. Same thing with Broadway. Um, I don't know if you're required to wear your masks inside. Okay. I haven't been you to are. Theater, but I know, don't you have to be uh, negative or uh, or vaccinated to get in? David, you would know. Yes, you have to show proof of vaccination and you must wear your mask during the show. Is it is the mask as well? Okay. Although on Broadway, let me tell you, they're also selling drinks and snacks at the back of the house. And they did at Melissa Etheridge as well. But boy, I really want to try to see Hades Town if I could get in there in the next couple of weeks. Ooh, I want to see that show. You know, a lot of the shows are selling very, very well. I'm sure. I'm sure. And Broadway has been pretty fabulous about playing to the crowd and the street side concerts and the balcony <clears> concerts. <throat> and everybody's so happy about being back. I mean, right. I they had a whole weekend in yeah. uh, called Curtain Up in Times Square this weekend. Yes. It was all kinds of live performances and souvenirs on sale and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Indeed, indeed. You know, look, I think going forward, as I see various aspects of the event industry going forward as safely as you can, despite the cacophony that's all around state to state, you still have some intelligent decisions being made as to how to try to keep an event safe. And some events are relatively safe and others have proven to be super spreaders. And time will tell. Who are these super spreaders? Well, oh, they, like that shit show of a concert in Florida about a month ago. What was that? Oh, oh. the one where the stage fell down at the Hard Rock. 
Oh, and they had to rebuild it. The whole video <coughs> wall fell down a day before. Rolling loud. Yeah, rolling loud. But was it, did someone was, track a bunch of COVID cases not, to there? Apparently it was. Uh, I had read something after the fact that it was a super spreader versus Lollapalooza in Chicago that was the exact opposite. Yeah. That had a protocol that had certain things in place to try to help right. mitigate spreading. Um, so you had two things within two weeks of each other that you could do some kind of a data. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily completely agree with you because I never heard about this uh, super spreader thing with Rolling Loud. I mean, there was certainly a staging problem. Who, who ended up getting blamed for that, Ron? Do you know? Um, no, I know it wasn't Mountain or someone like that. It was a smaller company that actually built that side of the wing. It was really weird. They used Mountain to build the main stage and one and stage left uh, video wall. And somebody else did stage right, some small company from out of state. And they just that's they, the one that much of a load on it. Yeah. That's the one that collapsed, Ron? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have stats easy to pull on that, but it was something yeah. that I remember reading Marcel and it might have, you know, there's so many different different places that you can look for various data. Yeah, I know, but I, I just, I hate the term super spreader because it's used, it's bantered around quite often and generally, I don't know, like this is what's so weird about all this COVID nonsense because most people seem to get it at home, not at football games. You know, most people seem to get it at home when one person comes over for dinner and they're sick and suddenly the whole household gets sick. I mean, that's how I got it. And that's most people I know, that's how they seem to be getting it is is in very small little gatherings in a house, not at a concert, not at a football game. Not I, at would, a I would offer an alternative. A friend of mine who was vaccinated and did get COVID recently went to an event um, that was a dance event that was outdoor, but had excess of 300 people at the event itself, even though he traveled with three friends and stayed in a group of other similarly vaccinated people. He went to an event and four days later ended up testing positive for COVID. Granted, it wasn't serious because he was vaccinated, but when he said to me, I don't understand. I went with people who I knew. I went with people who were vaccinated. I said, yeah, but when you were at the Ice Palace at this tea dance, how many other people were there? And did you know any of them? He goes, oh yeah, I guess you're right. So you don't yeah. realize where you're at and and what the people three or four levels away from you are. And you know, I, I think that's both fear and saying, hey, I've been vaccinated. So even if I get sick, it won't be that, that terrible. So I'm gonna go out and maybe take a risk I otherwise wouldn't. You have to, you know, yeah, you, you make your choices. <laughs> no, no, I, to each his own. I've said that since the beginning. I don't care. Like I, you know, I, I sat outside at a restaurant with you, you in hundred degrees because, degree because you were uncomfortable, and I was perfectly okay with that. And we had a lovely time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Even totally it okay was with that. Hot. It was pretty <laughs> fucking hot, and you owe me for that one, by the way. I do owe you. For that <laughs> one. I will pay you back in spades when we're in Vegas in November. Okay. Yep, Lynn. What are you so happy about? I'm happy to be on this call finally. I just was oh. traveling and having problems, and uh, then I had to eat something. So sorry, but I'm glad I caught up. 
Yeah, me too. And for me, concert season is starting. It is? Yeah, for at Amway Center, yeah, we have a lot going on. Yeah. I have two shows this week. I'm not saying they're great, but we've got Dude Perfect tomorrow night and Lit AF, Martin Lawrence. Then oh, we've great. got... Um, All what's people I've thing? never heard of. <laughs> well, you know what? Because I'm old, Lynn. Yeah. I'm sure these are all you know in your uh, CD player in your car right now, right? No. Uh, actually, I just bought a three set of Bruce Springsteen Live at a at a record store for so cheap. I was so excited. That. Huh? Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong, Can't with, go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with Led Zeppelin. Can't go wrong with a lot of great old artists. But, uh, we have Harry Styles coming up, which will be production-wise, I hope, really good. Mm. And what band is Harry Styles from? Come on, people. One Dimension. One Direction. One Direction. Oh. One Dimension, One Direction. It yeah, is something like that. Direction. Yeah, one Direction. Yeah. Is that you, David Barber? Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why are you listening to One Direction? Because I have to pay attention to these bands because we do all these concert stories and I at least have to know who they are. Is exactly. that why? Here, here. Or do you listen to this in the shower or something? No, I listen to the Billboard Top 10 every week. <laughs> Good. Just to I, see. Yeah, no, you should. You should. I mean, obviously, that's your gig. It's not my favorite music. Me neither. I'm all about the show tunes. You know that. I know that. I know that, David. We're gonna break you. We're gonna break you out into some song on one of these calls, but we gotta wait for a larger crowd because we have an abysmal crowd this week. <laughs> right, my son is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. So, anything else? Anybody have any funny stories or something silly, something crazy? Well, anything? I do. Mar Mar Marcel, did you? You know, I posted about. Um, doing the 49ers Super Bowl party. I think Marsha and, and Lynn may, may, may have seen that, but to, to start off football season, did you see that? Did you read that story? Or if not, I, I don't think I did, stories. but I don't remember. All right. Go on. So in, thank you. In 1990, I, I was doing the uh, Super Bowl party for the San Francisco 49ers in the island of Kauai. And I've, you know, I've always been more into music than in sports. So, I, you know, I, I really didn't know much about the game. And while I'm, you know, we're setting up, I was introduced to Huey Lewis that, it, you know, we'd done shows with before and Huey turned and, and said, Hey, I'd like you to meet Joe. And, you know, my dad always taught me, you know, the, you shake somebody's hand, give them a look in the eye and a bit of a smile. And I did that. And, um, you know, that was, you know, it was pretty much an academic response. I said, you know, nice to meet you. And I went back about my business, setting up the lights after a while, you know, Joe's hanging out there among all the fold-out tables, you know, waiting to rehearse what they're going to talk about and stuff for their uh, their big event. And uh, he said, oh. almost 40 minutes no, passed, of course and he goes, you're, you're not a fan, are you? And I went, what do you mean? I, I love San Francisco music. <laughs> <laughs> And and so then we then we went off and we started talking about uh, you know the easy stuff like Journey and the Grateful Dead and the Jefferson Airplane, Santana, Janice, and then we you know delved into you know Creedence Clearwater Revival and Lydia Pence and Cold Blood, and then went for the obscure like Quicksilver, Messenger Service, Moby Grape, and Hot Tuna, and 
you know, we probably he, he pretends these are just coming off his head, but he's reading a freaking uh, I'm, I'm reading a teleprompter because I'm not going to remember. Them at all. Yeah. If, if you want They're me to all great bands, Bob. I, I know all great. those bands. Every Love one of them. All. Anyway, I'll go on. So anyway, I also, re- I also recounted how the uh, the names of lighting companies used to be on the posters. And, you know, I kind of missed that. And uh, anyways, so you know, then we came back around and we started talking about Huey Lewis. Uh, you know, uh, he seemed pretty impressed. You know, this is kind of my wheelhouse. This is stuff I was really familiar with. Now his meeting finally arrived, so he he stood up and you know and put a put a hand on my shoulder and he said, you know, thanks, Bob. We'll see you later. We never would, but nonetheless, uh, turned out that you know by evening the guy that I met was like the you know the star of the event, and then they uh, they started talking about uh, and ran ran videos from really old crappy projectors, and it, you know at least by today's standards, but. The organized plays and what they did and their their cheer, the camaraderie was just amazing. So I started like relating the uh, the game, which I didn't understand, to my business, and I saw myself as the owner, you know, as an LD and the owner of my business, as the quarterback, right? And then I I, I viewed my you know my chief assistant as my center and the younger LDs as my wide receivers. And then uh, and, and I looked at my shop guys as, you know, the prep techs and loaders as the fullbacks and tight ends. And more importantly, I discovered the weakness of myself. And that was that I looked at my own people. Uh, in some cases, I was competitive with my own players um, because I wasn't confident enough to realize they were actually my team and were going to support me. So I learned a really valuable lesson there. Um Anyway, which is what? What's the lesson? What's the lesson? Give is, it to us. It, it, well, because if if if, if you are the mm-hmm. owner of a business, if you're surrounded by a number of people that are there to make you be better, then you need to step out of the way, not not lament. Oh man, he's doing the stuff that was really really cool. I used to do, but rather be confident that they're there, and the reason that they're even with you is because they're there to support you, and you are uh, you are the one to focus on. Hell yeah. Steve Warren. Going to get more wine, but listening. Um, I I can stop. Steve Warren just showed up. Steve Warren, you're up. You got to click the little thing, bottom left corner, Steve. Come on, (laughs) connect that AirPod that's in your ear. (laughs) Hey, Steve, cheers. All righty, cheers to you. Yeah. Unmute yourself, please. He's not muted, though. It's He's not? He just doesn't have the right thing selected. You're exactly right. You're exactly oh, there right you are. Yourself. We can hear you now. Yay. I was not muted. I was not muted. Yay. My God, there's just so many settings. I just had to reset everything as well. Reset my phone because I'm on my phone internet. And you have new glasses. Anyway, you don't want to hear it. I almost gave up. No, I was really close to giving up. I've just been at some... Been at a graduation, a graduation showcase for lighting design it was quite nice. You know, um, probably met six new guys coming into the industry. Um, are graduating guys, from what, know. like audio guys to lighting guys uh, now? No, <laughs> uh, lighting design course, lighting design course. Uh, Rose Bruford, yeah, one of I don't know, one of the probably top three universities here. All good. 
But Marsha, we were saying as we were leaving, you think, why are they all guys? You know, we were walking out there and going, oh, yeah, I met six new guys. You're like, yeah, why are they all guys? But all the girls are studying stage management. Oh my gosh, that's a shame. Tech. You need some girl techies out there. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Steve, you I think Plaza are having a meeting wrenches. about it. Tell me. <laughs> you've seen me with my crescent wrenches and tools. I know. I you've, you've been like, you've been mentoring. You've been sort of leading the field. Now, come on. Uh, um, yeah, it's a surprise, really. I mean, media, I think video and media have a few more, but lighting, we're, we're really sort of living in the dark ages. Eh? Yeah. That's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, hey, Steve, we were just talking about Plaza and mm. the, the numbers of people were, you know, we heard were down, but we heard it was just a, a great networking thing. Yes. And, and this is the thing. And it was, it really was sensational to, to see everyone, you know, and, and of course, everyone's really defensive about it, you know, so, oh, you know, because the students are, you know, so even tonight we're saying, oh, we're here, it was a bit quieter and everyone was very quick to, oh, but it was really great to see everyone. And of course, it was great to see everyone. Um, but the numbers were definitely down. I mean, I'd say like a lot, you know, forty percent. Um, yeah, some, yeah, probably forty percent. Um, but I think so what is the twenty percent that you didn't want anyway? <laughs> well, this is again. You know, but to be honest, no. I think the truth is a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people are busy, which is great. That's a really good reason not to be there. And I spoke to loads of people who are busy, and that was their reason for not being there. But some people were also had had bookings. And they just didn't want to take the chance, you know, having worked, waited so long to get some work. They weren't going to go and fuck it up by by catching something, you know, because this Delta just seems to be everywhere. So and people keep getting pinged by the app that tells you after quarantine for, mm. for 10 days. So so people just weren't going to take the chance. And again, it's really frustrating as an exhibitor to to know that people wanted to come out, but were sort of scared to come out. So that was the reality of it. But to me, the real shock was some of the big companies not taking a presence at the show. You know, I think it was whatever. It was really important to be there and stand up and be counted. Marcel was saying. Yeah, Yeah, you know, we've all, all, we're all suffering financially. We all had to take out loans, you know. um, You know, with us, the loans we took out are going to have to be paid back. And, but we were still there, you know, you need to stand up and, you know, if you want the audiences to come out to shows, then I feel we need to come and go out and, and oh, yeah. stand up and be counted, you know? That's exactly what we were talking about earlier, Chris, uh, uh, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Marcel brought up a very good point, which was that the participation from various vendors and manufacturers, even if it's not doing a huge elaborate booth with a lot of technical mm-hmm. lighting and crap, just to be there and offer the hospitality, yeah. the camaraderie, yeah. and that spirit yeah. that brings us all together and how important that was. And that was what we heard as stories from Plaza. So kudos to you guys for creating that that ambiance amongst yourselves, even with a minimal crowd. Eh? Well, I think it was important. To, and we did take a smaller space and it was quite funny, some of the youngsters coming, you know, who were on their, like, their first or second plaza and going, oh, oh, your stand is uh, a bit smaller. And you're like, well, you know, there was this uh, thing that happened over the last year and a half, you know, we were all suffering a little bit. But exactly that, you know, it was much better. Even Roby, who have like big flashy boots and all their shows, you know, they weren't doing a show that, you know, but again, they still had the bar. And and it was a great, it really was fantastic meet and greet, you know. But so Steve, I don't want to put a down, downer on it. It's great. One of the things we were talking about, Steve, one of the things we were talking about is that Roby has pulled out of LDI and right. uh, so has ETC. Okay. Well, and, you know, I'm, uh, again, 
I mean, I think ETC just doesn't want to show their face because they can't actually ship a single. <laughs> well, Roby may be same thing, you know. <laughs> Roby's kind of the same thing, you know. It's Roby's back ordered on everything. Why should we go to a trade show? We can't yeah. sell anything. Yeah. But they, they uh, think we'll throw darts at them or something. <laughs> but I think yeah. there's a I think there's a bit of a kumbaya thing here where you know, like you just said, Steve, we we kind of have a uh, responsibility to lead and to show up and, and to like say, hey, things are okay. Let's go out and do business together and do shows and whatever, right? Like, but Marcel, don't go, I have to say, our plan- Yeah, like if we're not willing to leave the house, we should just shut ourselves down. Correct, yeah, Chris, correct. Chris, you're right, exactly. Yeah, like Chris, you're, you're with one of the biggest rental companies out there. If you don't go and do something, then a little rental company that's watching you down the street would be like, well, they're not going. Why should I go? You know, yeah. so, I mean, yeah, it's, I'm bringing... it's just leadership. Mm-hmm. But have I have to, to say, we're in, we're in an interesting level. position because we don't know. I mean, from the UK side, we've always sent a really strong contingent, you know, between nine you can and come now. people there you go. Unmuted, over man. from the UK. Well, well yeah, as of yesterday, I think. As of yeah. yesterday, that's right. So, you know, I'm sure it's up for discussion again. But up until then, it was sort of being left with with Group 1. You know, let's see what what happens there. By the way, I'm Um, coming to London at the end of uh, October, Steve. You crazy. Your timing is terrible, Marcel. Marcel, I'd love to see you. What do you mean you're coming here? Because I'm going to Portugal for two months. No, my my son's racing. My son's racing. So he's racing at Brands Hatch at the end of October. I can't can't change the date. I'm sorry. Pardon me. That's very oh, cool. Oh man, Marcel, yeah. that's heartbreaking. I'm gonna have to take a deep intake of breath. I'm a little bit like ah. Well, whatever. That's very you know what happens cool. whenever it's like going on tour. You'll be out for you know, Plaza. Let's go to change. Plaza. Damn, we should go to, not the Plaza to uh, Light and Sound. Oh, Are they gonna do Light man. and Sound in April? No, I'm well, going in October. Yeah. In Frankfurt. Yeah, but I'm saying go again. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Oh, April. Marcel, man. I'm, bro- I'm heartbroken because that'd be it's fun. Right. Brands Hatch is great. Yeah. Brands Hatch is a great course. I've been well, there a few times. I've been to see the motorbike racing a few times. He's at Donington. Small fo- he's at Donington, 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 Snetterton, and uh, Brands Hatch. Yeah, cool. Donington. Yeah, I've never been to Snetterton. I went past it just the other day. Yeah. Um, I was really excited, actually. I have to say, I went past Snetterton for the first time because we're going to NEC, the NEC. And that's a really big venue here for us, um, whatever, here in the UK. And it was their first show. It was their first show all during the pandemic. And I was super pumped because it was the first time I'd seen the Diamond Nine out on a gig. And so I was absolutely just like, I left there like a dog with two tails, you know, I was fucking over the moon. But Marcel, you're talking about um, Roby having back orders, and, and that might be a reason for not being at LDI. It's crazy. People say, how are you? And I say, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, could, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. We've taken out two massive mortgages on all the building on buildings that we'd already paid the mortgages off. So you're completely clear. Then you remortgage all of them to get through this. We now have enough back orders on D9 to pay off one of the first loans in entirety. We can't build the fucking thing. We can't build the fucking thing. We can't, I mean, we're building very few, but we can't build the number that we need. And so yeah. every day is is another semiconductor shortage, component shortage. Yeah. It's it's every fucking day. When, like when does it end? Meeting. When does it end? Who can, knows? Hey, when we and, build and, and, some hey. factories outside of China is when it Thank you. Then. I don't know. <laughs> yes, right, right. On the 
fucking nail on the head, Chris. Absolutely. Jeez, Chris, yeah. you might be voting for Trump in a couple of years here. Damn. <laughs> well, I'm going to vote for Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> did we, did we used to build him here before? Like, yeah. Years like, ago? Did we? Like years we, ago? Yeah, I think so. Like in the beginning of all yeah, this, of Silicon Valley. Yeah. No, we definitely did for a while, but, you know, then and they then just stopped because they get it cheaper. <laughs> No, but, cheaper elsewhere. Yeah, what's, what's, what's happening, because I've talked to a lot of manufacturers about this, is a lot of them are looking not necessarily at coming back to the United States, but going to Mexico, going to South America, um, you know, just closer, closer to our time zone, less expensive freight, etc. cetera, um, maybe a little more controllable, <laughs> less hostile in some cases. and. Um, so, yeah, I'm hearing a lot of that stuff, but I mean, the allure of cheap labor rates and lots and lots of factories and stuff, it's a tough one to break away from. Yeah. yeah well, and, and, and the price, the, you know, the prices now have shot up on stuff so much that you can actually afford to make it here. Yeah. You know, on, yeah. on well, a plus freight, of freight, you know, I mean, like, you know, I just I just bought a. Uh, uh, a liquidation of a small sound company in Malaysia that is being sold through gear source. And, um, the gear was $500,000. The freight was a hundred, hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Hundred thousand dollars for five containers of stuff. Yeah. And how long is it going to take to get here? Well, it took us a month to book the containers and, uh, <laughs> And so finally, they were supposed to sail last week, and I think they're sailing next week. So it was delayed another two weeks. I mean, it's it's just it's a shit show. And you know, we're not like Elation or or one of these bigger companies who's booking hundreds of containers and stuff. You know, I just popped in and said, "Hey, I need five containers." And uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's challenging for sure. It's very difficult and very expensive. Yeah, I try to explain to people that the shipping prices have gone way up and everybody's like, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, it's like doubled or tripled many. Yeah. Well, we, we sold your company a couple hundred Roby fixtures. And, uh, yeah. and I know I booked them on stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, the <laughs> freight, you know, again, the, pr the price was great because, you know, they were being sold by lighting companies in Asia that, you know, have no business, zero business. Like they're not allowed right. to close yet over there yet. And so it's very challenging for them. And so they're now selling some of their equipment into North America and Europe. But again, freight is just a freaking nightmare getting that stuff over here. Marcel, the price was great, but it took me two days to get the software uploaded in them. Oh, really? <laughs> they had software that came they from had the never, manufacturer. They, like they had never updated their software and their fixtures ever. But they yeah, were in good condition, were, right? I mean, like really great. good condition. They looked unused. great, but they were, they were 20 unused. versions of software behind. <laughs> hey, you know what? Get him everything, hey, eh? what are you comparing them to, though? You know, come on, Kevin. Like, where were the other ones that you were going to get? Nowhere. You have to understand, Marcel. Get the F up. I have been lent from the sales department to the ops department and dropped into the New York shop. Oh. So and now I'm you're pissed off. Them. Now you're and grumpy. I'm just like, I, it's, 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 so I'm doing both jobs right now. And I'm just like, they, they're just like, put out fires. Okay. 
And it was two days dicking around with goddamn Roby Washington. All right, everyone, let's let's have a moment of silence for Kevin O'Brien. Yeah, <laughs> very cranky about this. Yeah, let's let's just Chris, all hear that. Cranky, a nice prayer for Kevin O'Brien. You know, may if he by mistake, he'll be uncranky. May he live easily, and may he not have too many challenges with these Roby lights that no one else has right now, and he's got a <laughs> monopoly on. on. And, <laughs> they, already, they already shipped to WAE. Yep. They already shipped. Yeah, Marcel, I'm, am I living in the dark ages? Since when do lights need 20 software upgrades? I'm sure you're absolutely okay. right, Kevin. I'm sure you're absolutely <laughs> right. But, but something's since, wrong there. Since console manufacturers went nuts. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Oh, no. Don't blame us. Don't blame us. I mean, a, a light, it, it should just leave with a version of software and, 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 it, and it does what it's supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, it, it, it moves this way. Time. It moves this way. It changes a logo every yeah. now and then. No. What Steve could you possibly need? These were some of the first wash beams made. So they, you know, when you first make a light, it's like when you first make a software, you go through uh, through a console, you go through software up yeah. super quick. And then it's 100%. A lot. But when it's, a, yeah, on a hardware device, I'm just genuinely surprised. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you have firmware upgrades and yeah. stuff, but you have a, you know, the designers expect a certain set of parameters to work in a certain way and you get used to that and that's what you're buying into. And so you think, wow, well, what else can you make it do? As you but say, this, you is, know, this is so typical though, isn't it, Steve? Like the the console guy telling the moving light guy, like your shit's easy, your shit's easy. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's right. So I should be careful. <laughs> Are you just drinking out of the bottle now, Steve? Yeah, Straight out of the bottle? Forget the glass. It's an extra step. Lack of efficiency. And, and much like a console, these had to be upgraded in steps. So like some fixtures had to literally get 12 or 15. Oh, God. What a pain in the ass that is. That, yeah. that is like a console. Thank God Marty came to the shop to help. Marty was a lifesaver that day. Does it make you yearn for the analog days of arcades? Oh God, yeah, and I grew doors? up on that. Like I remember when we called DMX. <laughs> That's my Voodoo. point. It was easy. <laughs> like I, I will take a a, a Cinch Jones fifty eight. Uh, what was it? The the fifty six oh eight plug and a matchbook cover and wedge there them in go. there. Make them work any day. There you go. There you go. <sighs> It was fun trying to make walked uh, uphill both ways to school, you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> I'm old nonsense is what now, this now to be realistic though. So part of part of the issue is that manufacturers are building macros or instruments things that you would build on normally build on a console to make the uh the fixture dance really, really quickly. Uh, you know, and so you're getting a quick action out of it, and that constantly grows. Is isn't that a factor? Yes, Bob Harmon, I, I think that's a, that's a very good point, and that's probably why I'm a little bit sort of antsy about it. I'm a little bit irked about it. You know, you like, can't they leave that stuff to us? You know, yeah. why the hell do they have to be putting functionality into their lights? They should be leaving that to us. But, but hey, well, you well, have that to means a new, a new kid. Saves a lot of time board. for the designers. 100%. Yeah, but but a new kid on a laptop that's running DMX is suddenly getting great looks that have been yeah. you know vetted out by great great LDs yeah. over time. I know. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. So, so here's here's a funny dinosaur of moving light story for you. So when I not long after I first started working for Martin, I remember I had to go to a a, a Disney demo, and I had a RoboScan whatever it was called 1220 or something one of the old robo scans and i remember i remember the designer at disney 
saying, okay, put it down here. And so our programmer, because I didn't know how to do it, our programmer put it down here. And then he said, okay, now put it up here. And okay, you know, let me put it up here. So he programmed it. And so, okay, now I want you to go back and forth. And it would go this way on the way one way and this way on the way back. So it was going like this. And he's like, can you make it do a straight line? And I'm like, fuck if I know, you know, like that ain't my job. What are you talking about? You know, and now you guys have macros for circles. No, but I mean, the thing is the light wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know, the light right. went well, this way on one way and this way on the other way. The light wouldn't well, Marcel, do it Marcel, I'll, I'll, I'll qualify that back in those days when we had to program a moving light, or in the case of your RoboScan, it was a scanner as opposed to a Verilite that was a true robotic back in the dark ages. Um, we actually programmed every single friggin' step of the chase. So right. A simple, uh, yeah, a simple yeah. fan movement might have been 60 or 70 steps in your program. Well, I remember, remember when a circle, remember when a circle was like a hundred yeah. steps well, in a yes, program? Exactly, exactly. Circle on an LCD. Exactly. Oh yeah, LCD controller, perfect. Well, and on the Martin- Kevin's point, when you had now the push a button and get an effect, nobody in today's world knows the construct of that effect. They just, you want to fan the light, push fan, boom, there it is. How do you do it? Yeah, well, you want a bigger you fan, you want a fan, smaller there fan, there it is. Easy. Yeah, not so much back then. You know, back then it no. was a little more difficult. And, and if you wanted to make the robo scan go in the direction that the LD at Disney wanted, that might have taken six or seven more steps to direct the scan. No, it just wouldn't do it. It, it just wouldn't it just do, it. do it. Yeah, it just, it just wouldn't do it. I, I can't remember <laughs> if it was Peter Moore or somebody even before Peter Moore who... Uh, who I was at that demo with, and it was so embarrassing because we just we couldn't make the freaking thing do a straight line like this back and forth. And the designer was so particular. And you know, we were being compared to like uh whatever the best light at the time, like a clay packy super scan or something. Scan. And and I think I still got the sale, but I had to like take the guy to a strip joint or something. I don't know. You know, I, was, I've had a lot of fights with some of those scanners over the years, so I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm used to use motor speed, so if you had an eight bit control that it didn't look so steppy. Well, and yeah. you try to describe that to somebody, and you go, "Yeah, well, it's you know, imagine a light that goes." this way really nicely and this way really, really nicely. Now you want to do a diagonal and it wants to go no, yes, not so one step at a time. So you, then you tell it, okay, but and no, you want to go here, but no, I'm not going to let you go there. And then yeah, you just here, cut off the edges. Go there. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> kind of cut off that. the edges a bit. Yeah. And think about it. Now we're living in a 64-bit world. And back then we were in an 8-bit and a 4-bit world. So oh, yeah. man, now you got me all confused. Too <laughs> many bits. Too many bits. I say just bring hey, it back Two bits, four bits, six bits a dollar. Wow. Marsha, it was also a crazy situation that quite often I felt we were like Switzerland because you'd be recognizing all of these deficiencies in the fixtures. Um, and we so many times sitting in a dark room with enable lights doing exactly that, a slow diagonal. That was the absolutely the, the, the holy grail. 
and you could see which lights were steppy and which ones weren't. Um, but then you couldn't, you, we also have to work with the manufacturers. We don't want to fall out with anyone, just like Switzerland. So you'd have to be very political and very gentle. And the thing with the motor speed, Bob, you know, it worked so well. But it worked yeah. so well because they had their own controllers. And so you felt yeah. for them. You think, well, hell, why would you do it off DMX if you've got your own controller? Say, go A to B and set the speed. You know, um, unless unless to, you had uh, an early, I'm somewhere quiet. Unless you had an early Robo scan, and then when you start like cutting off those edges a little bit, then home instead of being right here was like over here somewhere. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so they all had different homes. They were like, well, oh my god, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, yeah. It was fun. Well, they were challenging days, but they made us stronger because of it. Well, like we got to set all the presets. We got to the venue. You got to set all the all the ups and downs. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. You had to change them all. Oh, I mean, that was incredible. That was incredible. It was kind of a pain in the ass, but it was sort of fun when we look back on it. I mean, yeah. It did give us a good foundation and understanding. Well, the and I agree. And as much as I don't understand the technology today anymore, because I just haven't stayed up on it. I'm happy that I came from that wacky foundation back then, the very, very earliest days of moving lights other than Verilites, you know, like I was there, you know, and Steve, you were there and actually pretty much everyone on this call was there. You know, we're all uh, of age. So you're right. It gave us a great foundation and an understanding that that yeah. I think builds solidarity. Well, and it thick skin. In fact, you know, you know, not not for nothing. The the industry has progressed because of the mines and the building blocks that we had that preceded us. Hell yeah! If it wasn't for those things, I don't think we'd be where we are today. And with that, let's say goodbye because I got to go oh, freaking eat my salmon. Fun. It has. It's been um, a fun. We have to invite more friends next week, though, because this is a pathetic showing. We have to have a larger hey. group next week. <laughs> Maybe it's week a fluke. Dude, I was, I, was going full tilt. I was going full tilt till I got on here today. Ah. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did you do this to me, Bob Harmon? Good God. I was there. I was there. I was there when the first one caught fire. I did the very first demo of those with Mike Ledesma in Las oh Vegas. We, we brought in every lighting designer. I sold Jerry Harris a hundred of those. Oh my Lord. I, and he I never lets me forget it. To this day, he'll go, remember those fucking hundred fucked up burning lights you sold me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You owe me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you have a big didn't you have a big shootout with them too? I think there was there was no shootout. shootout. <laughs> you can shoot out against anything with those. Some, somebody had a pink. shootout with about three or four different manufacturers when you're in not that one. Not that one. No way, not that if one. If I'm not mistaken, it stood like four feet high. It wasn't it was small. Huge. It was huge. Smallness like was not its best. Uh, so was it like icon size, like the old yeah, icon? It was the the icon. X spot. No, it was bigger than an X spot. Was it? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Mac twelve hundred was a beast. Two X spots stacked. Yeah. Was it? it was big. It was big. I remember it was huge. And equally ugly to an X spot too. <laughs> I remember when. Uh, so that's another funny story when Richard Bellevue brought in the first X-Spot, me and Wiseman had just started at high end. 
And Bellevue brings this thing in and it's a big secret, you know, look at this new light that we're showing. And we were like, that thing's fucking ugly. Like that is not a pretty light. Not much light comes out of it. Like, really, is this the direction you want to go? Like that was their answer to the Mac 2000, right? And it was just not good. Not bright. Let's give it three wheels. Yeah. It was not the so egg good. from the alien movie. That's what we I, called it. The egg from yeah, the alien movie. It was ugly. You know what's funny? Craig Craig Burroughs was always the best guy at at like just sort of dispelling those kinds of things. But I remember one time when I first started at high end. I went with Craig on some sales calls and we went to uh, uh, Dean Danowitz's shop, Starlight. And we had the, uh, we were just talking and whatever. And Danowitz goes, hey, Craig, you sent me that Nebula Hazer machine thing. That thing's not good. And and Craig goes, hey, everybody's got to kick out a turd every once in a while. <laughs> and I was like, was that You're really so your response? Was that really your response, Craig? And he's like, well, what do you want me to say? The thing's a piece of shit. <laughs> That's so Craig, classic. Yeah. All right, folks. So, Marcel, I have a what? question for you. Oh. Um, maybe I'm muted. No, no, you're not. Um, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. So when you were, were at high end, were you at any LDI shows in Orlando? Like in the early 90s, maybe? No, I was at Martin. Oh, you were at Martin still then? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was at high end for like two years, 98 and 99, maybe. Okay. Because um, I would go to LDI every year when they were in Orlando. And I knew John from the early 80s. So I would always try to go see him and see what he was up to and everything. John, I really liked the guy, even though John he's... John who? Weisman. Oh, well, he wasn't at high end until 97 or 98. He, him and I started at the exact same moment. Really? Yeah. I can't remember all the companies he was with. He was with a lot. Me neither. I don't think he can either. <laughs> I, I think he forgets most of them, to be honest. No, all right, but folks, he, I got to go. Fun. See ya. Okay. Bring, bring friends next week. Let's have hey, a large It's been fun. Bye. Bye. It's been a fun one. Bye, everybody. Have a good day. Peace care. out. Bye. Sweet, sweet.